You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, there lies a vast labyrinth of underground tunnels that have been sealed shut for almost 15 years. Once a popular attraction for cave explorers and other thrill-seekers, Nutty Putty Cave is, today, only a tomb. The grave of a doomed explorer named John Edward Jones, who got trapped inside and died in 2009. What started as a fun, pre-Thanksgiving outing on November 24th quickly turned tragic when Jones, just 26 years old, took a wrong turn and got stuck in one of Nutty Putty Cave's cramped tunnels. Trapped 400 feet from the cave's entrance and 100 feet beneath the earth, Jones's every little move only made his predicament worse. He hung helplessly, upside down, at a 70-degree angle a position that put great stress on his body and made every rescue attempt all the more urgent. I really, really want to get out, Jones told the rescuers who flocked to the scene, but their succession of ideas, from using vegetable oil to ease him out of the cave, to blowing up explosives to blow their way through the cave wall, came to naught. Twenty-seven excruciating hours later, Jones perished. The stress on his body was too much, and he died from cardiac arrest. The cave was then sealed up with his body still inside, right where he died, and it hasn't been opened to this day. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. And I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Austin Harvey. Today we'll be discussing the harrowing story of John Jones' death inside Nutty Putty Cave. Long before it became infamous, Nutty Putty Cave was documented for the first time in 1960 by a caver named Dale Green. Green was struck by the cave's slick, gummy walls and felt confident that no one had ever explored its 1,400 feet of tunnels before. He said, quote, When we went in, there was no sign whatsoever that anyone had been in there. Unquote. The clay that lined the cave walls was largely composed of silicon dioxide, which made it similar to sand. When touched, it felt more elastic than solid, which is how Green came up with the cave's name. He originally thought he'd call it Silly Putty Cave after the beloved toy, but decided that Nutty Putty was better. Before long, Nutty Putty Cave became a popular attraction. Each year, it attracted thousands of adventurers who often lined up outside the mouth of the cave and eagerly awaited their turn to enter. But though Nutty Putty Cave proved popular, it also proved treacherous. It contained several extremely tight passageways, which were given ominous names like the Helmet Eater, the Scout Eater, and the Birth Canal. And before long, cavers started getting stuck inside. 
Between 1999 and 2004, six different people got trapped in the cave's labyrinth of narrow, slippery tunnels, which necessitated difficult rescue missions that left the local sheriff's office exasperated. But still, the cave remained open. In 2004, two Boy Scouts got stuck in Nutty Putty Cave just a week apart, one of them requiring a 14-hour rescue and a prolonged hospital stay. Shortly thereafter, Nutty Putty Cave closed to the public due to safety concerns. However, it reopened in 2009 after a cave management system reviewed the site and instituted new rules like an online reservation system. They decreed that only one party of cavers could visit the cave at a time and that the cave would be locked at night to discourage any nocturnal thrill-seekers. Just six months later, a 26-year-old medical student named John Edward Jones visited Nutty Putty Cave with his brother and several other friends and family members as part of a pre-Thanksgiving adventure. They entered the cave in high spirits at around 8pm on November 24th, looking forward to exploring its famous tunnels. But Jones would never emerge. The Jones family were regular spelunkers, often taking group trips to do cave expeditions across Utah. It was only natural then that John Jones and his brother Josh fell in love with the sport as boys. This love carried into adulthood, and the two brothers found themselves eager to explore one of Utah's most popular caves, Nutty Putty, on that fateful day just before Thanksgiving in 2009. John and Josh, 23, were joined by nine of their friends and family members, each of them happy and hopeful as the holiday season began. It was an exciting time in Joan's life. He was married to his wife of three years, with whom he shared a one-year-old daughter. Jones was also attending medical school in Virginia and was hoping to use his holiday time during this family trip to Nutty Putty to unwind and take a break. John Jones entered Nutty Putty Cave at around 8 o'clock p.m., it was his first foray back into spelunking in years, and he learned quickly that it's quite different exploring caves when you're no longer a little kid, and instead a six-foot-tall, 200-pound adult. Still, Jones was determined to explore one of Nutty Putty's most infamous passageways, the Birth Canal. The Birth Canal was an exceptionally narrow tunnel that required spelunkers to crawl through it with the utmost care and precision if they dared enter at all. Not long after his descent began, Jones came across a passageway seemingly fitting the description of the birth canal, made his way into the small opening head first, inching steadily along using his hips, stomach, and fingers. A few minutes later, Jones realized he had made a terrible mistake. He had not, in fact, found the birth canal, but had instead wedged himself into another narrow passage. And now he had no way out. He had no room to turn around, not even enough to wriggle out backwards. His only option, it seemed, was to press forward. There was a small open space in front of him, barely 10 inches across and 18 inches from top to bottom, effectively the size of the opening on a clothes dryer. Jones tried to squeeze through the opening, making himself as small as possible by exhaling all of the air from his lungs. Unfortunately, when he breathed in again, his chest puffed back out. It was no use. He was stuck. For good, this time. The first person to find John Jones was his brother Josh, but even with Josh pulling at his calves, John was no closer to coming unstuck than he had been. Quite the opposite, in fact. 
Jones had slipped even further into the tight passage, his arms pinned beneath his chest. He was stuck worse than before. He couldn't move at all. Desperate to find help, Josh made for the cave's exit. Help did arrive, but that didn't change the fact that Jones was trapped 100 feet below the surface of the earth, 400 feet into Nutty Putty Cave. Getting supplies, equipment, and people that far down took at least an hour. At about 12.30 a.m. on November 25th, 2009, the first rescuer, a woman named Susie Matola, reached Jones. All she could see of him through the opening was a pair of navy and black running shoes. Hi, John. My name is Susie, she said. How's it going? Jones' replies sounded as if it were coming from the other end of a long hallway. Hi, Susie, he said. Thanks for coming, but I really, really want to get out. Jones was trapped in the passageway nearly upside down, and even though Susie was a good nine inches shorter than him, the cave was so narrow she couldn't fully extend her arms or legs. What Susie lacked in size, however, she made up for an experience. She knew Nutty Putty Cave better than anyone else on the rescue team, and her small frame meant she could go where others could not. No worries, John, she told him. You're going to be out of here lickety-split. Susie pulled a webbed rope from her pack and tied it into a lover's knot around his ankles. More rescuers were arriving on the scene now, including a trauma physician named Doug Murdoch, who immediately made the true dangers of the situation known. It was bad enough that Jones was stuck in the cave, but even worse, he was stuck upside down. The human body simply isn't designed to be upside down for long periods of time. Blood starts to flow to the brain, and the body has to work overtime to pump the blood out of there. But as Murdoch said... Your body isn't set up to do that. The entire system starts to fail. With blood and fluids starting to pool into Jones' brain and lungs, Murdoch figured the trapped Spelunker had 8-10 to 10 hours to live at most. Even if they did rescue him, toxins that were now starting to build up in his blood ran the risk of rushing to his heart and killing him. Susie managed to run a rope from the knot around Jones' ankles to other rescuers at the tunnel's entrance, but as they pulled, they realized they didn't have enough strength to pull him free. The friction of the rope rubbing against the stone walls of the cave was simply too strong. Susie stayed with Jones for another two hours, placing a water bottle in the one hand she could see, hoping that he could squeeze enough to get out a small stream flowing up to his mouth. But his voice was growing more nasally, and his breathing was labored. She could tell that his lungs were starting to fill with fluid. Even as rescuers tried a number of other options, including a pulley system to negate the friction of the rope, they quickly realized they were running out of time. Each trip down into the cave to get Jones with more equipment took an hour, and the tunnel he was in only had one entrance, which he had been wedged in for half a day. They couldn't get any large equipment down to him, and small equipment wouldn't chip through the stone quick enough to get him stuck. It took an hour and a half just to drill through six inches of rock. Eventually, the rescue team was able to secure a new pulley system, and for a moment, it seemed like they might have a shot at getting Jones out. Another rescuer named Ryan Schertz had made his way down to Jones and hooked him up to the new pulley. It was a shot in the dark, and there was a good chance that pulling out Jones would also break his legs, but it was better than leaving him to die. However, at this point, Jones was losing touch with reality. Help me get out, Jones told Ryan when he arrived. I don't want to be on my head. Ryan asked him why he was on his head, and Jones' reply came in the form of another question. Why did you guys put me here? Schertz was carrying a small telecom that he could use to communicate with everyone back at the surface, and he slid the little black box over to Jones. From the other end, Jones' wife Emily told him that she loved him and to keep fighting. Everything was in position to pull Jones out. Schertz prepped him, 
and at the other end of the pulley system, eight people worked together to hoist him out of the crevice. To Shirt's surprise, Joan's body actually started to come free. Against all odds, they might actually be able to save him. Then, everything suddenly went dark. Shirts let out a scream and lost consciousness. When he came to, his jaw was searing with pain and he was covered in blood. The pressure of Joan's body and the crew's pulling had caused a stone arch to shatter. The rope tied around it broke and a metal carabiner went flying into Shirts' face. And with nothing to hold him up, Jones slid back into the crevice once again, landing on his head. Shirts told Jones he had to get out because he was bleeding and that somebody else would come to get him. Shirts' father, Dave, had been one of the rescuers operating the pulley and he swapped in for his son. When Dave Shirts reached Jones, he had resigned himself to his fate. I'm going to die right here, he said. I'm not going to come out of here, am I? Dave Shirts stayed with Jones for another few hours and then another rescuer, Brandon Wallace, crawled through the tunnels to help him. He, like Ryan Shirts, brought a telecom with him so that Emily could speak to John. She told him, I know you've been pushing so hard for so long. Why don't you rest for a minute and take a break, and then you can push again? John Jones never heard her words. He was already unconscious, and he never woke up. Just before midnight on November 25th, a paramedic crawled into the cave and pronounced John Jones dead. Officially, it was cardiac arrest that took his life. In the aftermath of the tragedy, with John Jones' body still inside, Nutty Putty Cave was permanently sealed. Now it serves as a natural memorial and John Jones' grave. Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley. Not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. All right, so let's let's just jump into the discussion section. Yeah. I think one thing I was thinking about, I was just kind of rereading your section before we started talking just now, and one thing that really kind of I thought about was like when we did the Floyd Collins discussion, we talked about like what if they'd had like other technology. Oh, and like right. it just to remind anyone who didn't listen to that one, but Floyd Collins was another cave explorer who got trapped and died in a cave, yeah. but in like 1920. Yeah, I mean, it was like 100 years roughly before this one. Yeah. And one thing we talked about was like, well, if they'd had other technology, could they have gotten him out? And we were like, probably like, yeah. Yeah. But this seems to suggest that it's a bit more complicated than that. It definitely is, though. John Jones was a lot deeper and wedged himself in like a much more precarious way yeah because Floyd Collins it was just his foot was stuck under a rock so like theoretically if they could just move that top rock he would have been fine mm-hmm. but John Jones is like 
it's so like as I was reading it and trying to like remember or like trying to like paint a mental picture of how he was, I like kept forgetting that he was basically upside down the entire time. Yeah. And right. like all the blood rushing to his it's just like, oh, it's just so like Yeah. And so long. It's such a drawn out, like just brutal way to go. That's a good point too, because he I think they knew since he was upside down, he only had like ten hours or something before right. that was gonna be fatal. And Floyd Collins was trapped for much longer. Like right. I, I want to say twelve days. Because he could they could bring him like food and water at first. Yeah. And then then they couldn't. But this guy, they had like a, a clock from the very beginning about having right. to get him out. I don't know which is worse either, because Floyd Collins was fully cognizant the entire time. Just kind of like, yeah, well, I'm stuck here. Now that we're talking about it again, I wonder if anyone ever considered like amputation, like just cutting his leg off. Floyd Collins? Or? Yeah, Floyd Collins. I think the problem was that he, the leg was behind him. So like his body oh, was blocking, yeah. you know? Huh. But I was thinking about that too, because you... There's that other example, the guy who James Franco played who cut off his arm. Yeah, the 127 hours guy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like, yeah, you would do anything, right, to avoid dying in the cave. Right. Breaking your I'm thinking they didn't exhaust or, all their options. With that, that they didn't exhaust all the options? Yeah, they with definitely, yeah, with, no, with uh, Floyd Collins, with John Jones, though, oh. it definitely sounds like they tried everything they could. Yeah. I mean, they, like, set up, like, a like a winch and pulley system and tried to like yank him free. And yeah, like he, I mean, but I, I imagine he was like stuck at his chest, right? Roughly like mm-hmm. was in the hole. And I think his hands were down at his side. So he was kind of just like planking. Ugh. And then, cause they were able to hand him like water and stuff that he could hold in his hand and then drip it like along the oh. cave floor up to his mouth to drink. But the longer, like, he spent upside down, the more blood rushed to his head, the more parts of his body started to shut down. Like, at the end, he was just, like, deliriously, like, not even aware of what was going on anymore, which, like, I guess what I mean, I don't know which is worse. Like, would you rather be stuck for, like, 10 days but able to communicate properly and, like, mm-hmm. or would you kind of just rather be, like, delirious from a blood loss and... I guess ideally neither, but... Ideally neither. I think Floyd Collins did kind of start to lose it at the end, just like from being trapped in the darkness and isolation and everything. I guess if I had to choose, I'd probably choose 10 hours versus 10 days. Fair. If you're going to die either way, then I (laughs) I guess I'd rather just be sooner than later. John Jones, I mean, they were both young when it happened, but John Jones had just had his first kid, too, like very shortly before, which is like really sad. (laughs) Just to add another layer to it. Yeah. I think he was younger than Floyd Collins. I think he was. Floyd Collins, I think, was like in his 30s. John Jones was like my age. Oh, yeah. Floyd Collins was 37. And yeah, John Jones was 26. Yeah. So they're both like young ish, but yeah, 26, really young. 26 is still young. It is still still young. young. (laughs) It's definitely still young. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, being 26, I can't imagine that. Yeah, just that whole experience, especially because like he mistook it as this other narrow passageway that people can get through so it's just like it's just like such a simple mistake right i mean it's the same thing with floyd collins like and it was almost you know floyd collins was experienced i don't i'm not really sure how experienced john jones was but they were like fairly experienced i think he and his brother like used to go spelunking a lot and then kind of took a break okay well like floyd collins i was like his life was like caves and the only thing that went wrong he did everything right it just a rock happened to fall yeah well he was also the one like 
he was the guy mapping out and fixing up that cave. It wasn't already explored. Nutty Putty had been. Yeah, right. And then they were never, the other That's like true. really dark macabre part of the story is that they were never able to get his body out after the fact. So right. it's just, he's still just yeah. buried there, which is like so dark. It is really dark. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen photos of the inside of Nutty Putty Cave and they are like very narrow passageways, but it seems like if there is one where even the possibility that someone of a certain size could get stuck, just like, I don't know, have like a sign or have <laughs> right. it blocked off somehow. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, it's not like a at your own, it shouldn't be an at your own risk sort of thing. If it's like a place yeah. that is mapped and like visitable. I don't think that's a word, but yeah, I mean, when it first opened, it seemed like it was a bit more like loosey goosey and then people started getting stuck and they're like, oh, I guess we should have some rules right. in place. Right. And then like right after they reopened with rules and the rules were like one party at a time and no one at night. Yeah. Okay. Right after it reopened with those rules, then he got stuck and died. So it wasn't really like they did a great job yeah. of preventative. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot to think about with it because, uh, what what was it? Yeah, a hundred feet below the surface, four hundred feet in the four hundred feet into the cave. Every trip, even like to get different people in there, took upwards of like an hour, I think. Which mm-hmm. is just like, I mean, like you said, there's already a ticking clock, and then even just getting equipment down and back and forth is like eating away. It's so much time. Right. Yeah. It makes me think again of Floyd Collins, and like people would go into the cave, and it, I don't know why they couldn't. I guess it was difficult to carry lanterns, yeah. but they couldn't carry lanterns and it was so dark. People would, like lose their minds. Sort of. Like the guy went in for 15 minutes and he came out and was like, I was in there for four hours. And they're like, no, you weren't. Right. <laughs> it's just 15 minutes. And I guess these the Nutty Putty rescuers were better equipped in that way. But yeah, definitely a laborious process yeah. to try to crawl down. The and- worst part of the story for me is the they almost got him and then mm. like tension in the rope caused an issue or like snapped or came free or whatever it was it's just like that was like their hail mary attempt and like the amount like how defeating that must be and the fact that him like his wife was talking to him like right up to the very end it's just like it's so tragic it's almost made more tragic because of all of the technology at play because the floyd collins thing i mean it just kind of goes to show it's kind of expected i guess not that it's not sad, but it was, you know, it's a little more risky, but. Right. Yeah. They didn't have the right equipment to get him out and no one was really doing a great job. And then it turned into this spectacle outside of all that, yeah. too. Yeah. Not yeah. the best. Whereas, yeah. In this situation, they were able just to like, hey, your wife wants to talk to you on this walkie talkie. And like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. When we talked about the Floyd Collins situation the first time, did, did we talk about the movie The Descent? Um, I don't think so. Remind it's um, what the movie it's one of my favorite horror movies. It's about a group of women who go spelunking and get stuck in like the subterranean levels of it. But there are these like demi humans who have been living in the caves and they're all blind and pale and it's mm. super freaky and gross. Okay. I think we might have discussed yeah. that. Yeah. That sounds like vaguely familiar. It always comes to mind. Can't I would have heard it. It always <laughs> comes to mind when we talk about these cave yeah. stories. I'm just like, that's like the last place on earth I'd want to be stuck. Yeah, definitely. I guess, I mean... Just everything about it is... Mm. Yeah, you don't really want to be stuck anywhere, but like you said, like, the idea of, like, how quickly you can kind of just, like, lose your mind in the darkness and how disorienting mm-hmm. it is on top of 
when tragic situations happen and your mind kind of starts to spin and, and you can't think properly and then compound that with this like disorienting darkness. And it's like, how can you possibly handle a situation like this with any sense of calm? Right. Yeah. I, I think it's somewhere like a cave like this is not where people are like supposed to be. So there's something very primal about ugh, that tension and horror and everything. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, not a not a very cheerful story. This no, one. and then I um, updated something for the site recently too about uh, Darren Kuyu, the underground city. I forget hmm. where it is, but apparently, like like these people had, like ancient people had constructed this like tunnel city underground that they lived in to like hmm. avoid invaders and stuff. And it was just like, how? What? <laughs> Wow, this, this is, is a real place. I, I you can go and visit it. it today still. Like it's open to the public now, but wow. it's really interesting. They had huh. um the top level was all their farmland. They had like an underground farm. There were tunnels that so that like light and air could flow through it. It's kind of like a crazy hmm. feat of engineering the way it looks. Um but they had yeah, the cows and stuff Gosh. on the top level so that the smell would stay surface level yeah yeah they had like a church on the lowest level various living areas like an underground school wow. it's crazy gosh it sounds like something from star trek i'm pretty sure Probably. it has been on star <laughs> but trek. i can't i just can't yeah. imagine living that way that's insane yeah it's funny you mentioned that because it reminds me of this other story from the site actually but it's about like this legend this native american legend about i think they're called the moon-eyed people oh yeah and when like you know this like white settlers like arrived and i think this was in like uh, north carolina or something and they're like oh by the way there used to be these like people who were like really pale and like lived only came out at night and the settlers were like oh okay that's weird but then this idea like where did yeah. they were these people real did they live underground or what was going yeah. on there and there's some weird like stone structures i think in the south people think they the moon-eyed people yeah, them. it's so freaky. It's, for some reason, calling them the moon-eyed people just makes it even scarier because it's like, <laughs> oh, God. yeah, yeah. Moon-eyed. I mean, that is that straight up is the descent. That is that movie. I mean, oh. kind of, not really, but like that's <laughs> the. If anyone's seen it, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, I'm so curious. That's one of those things too, because there are so many like Native American legends that can't possibly have been real. Like, um, floating heads were a big thing in Native American folklore and. Um, that's, but the moon eyed people is like one example of one of those things. It's like, that actually could have been real. There might be, there some, might truth be some truth to, that. to it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's very weird. And for all we know, they were nice people. They were totally fine. Just pale and came out at night. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they just like, yeah, came out at night. Native Americans at one point said that they attacked them and then they, then they were gone. Jeez. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the moral of the story of this story and like a Floyd Collins is like, maybe, don't go into caves or if you do like i yeah. don't know i i would say just don't go into caves that would be my advice <laughs> or at least only ones you can fit in don't wedge yourself in yeah do not wedge yourself in, in anywhere uh i feel like there was some sort of i don't know much about this and i can't speak about it with any uh expertise but wasn't there just like a boat capsized in like an underground river in ohio oh, or something? i don't know is this like a recent bells. thing? Yeah, it was like last week, but I don't remember any details. I just I saw the headline. I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Oh, and then man. I kept <laughs> scrolling. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what? They were like on a boat and happened to go through a cave at one point. And... A tour boat flipped in an Erie Canal water tunnel in western New York. 
wait. Oh, yeah. Under, in an underground cave along the Erie Canal. Ugh. Ugh. Isn't that horrible? Ugh. And someone died. Yeah. Yeah. So they were on the Lockport Cave, an underground boat ride. Poof. Never want to do that. Um, when it became unbalanced and flipped over. Eek. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds really awful. Well, like I said, just, just avoid, avoid caves. underground yeah. spaces in general. <laughs> Generally, yeah, fine. avoid caves. That's a good way. Good survival tip. Yeah. Avoid caves, avoid mountains, um, vast mm. expanses of uncharted wilderness in Alaska, um, avoid the Bermuda Triangle or any really just the ocean in general. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the easiest way to yeah. stay safe is just to never leave your home. <laughs> well, even then, your, your building could collapse true. or something. Or it might that be haunted. Or it might yeah. be haunted. That's also true. Yeah, I kind of like the underground city idea. As long as that's built well, then it seems like. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to say about? No, I mean, there's not much to be said. It was a sad story. And yeah, harkens back to, again, a very similar story from 100 years earlier. And I'm sure if we had the resources available, we could go back 100 years before that and 100 years before that and find millions of stories of millions of people getting lost and stuck in caves. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's like you said it's just inherently primal and dangerous and it's um it's like yeah again like trying to climb mount everest and not having the proper equipment and it's a non-starter mm. yeah i mean there's always gonna be going to be people who like want to oh, push themselves sure. and sure. but and go for it i say but i don't yeah. know i'll be I mean, avoiding caves, if we I ever think. colonize like the moon i'm sure there are going to be people who are like i'm gonna see how far i can i'm gonna try and run from here to here without my helmet like it's like you know, because people, yeah, people are always going to want to chase that adrenaline, that like thrill of something. But yeah, that's kind of another sad thing about this. It's not like they were like thrill seekers exactly. They were like, it was Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and they yeah. were like, well, what wouldn't it be fun? Nice if we family just go activity. To the cave? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pr- pretty horrific. So stay inside. Is <laughs> my advice, the advice, the takeaway. <laughs> stay yeah. inside. Avoid caves. Stay. Stay uh, near the sunlight. Yeah. Yeah, get lots of sunlight, lots of fresh air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, keep it. Yes. And that's the health uh, bulletin from ATI. Get plenty of fresh air. Yeah, thank you for listening to to the discussion, to the episode. Yeah, if you like the show, leave us a review, preferably a good one. Um, <laughs> tell your friends all about it. Follow us on TikTok at Real History Uncovered. We got some fun clips from the podcast over there. Yeah, we do really and fun some ones. really dark ones, but people seem to love that. So yeah, yeah, dark fun. Dark fun. Um, yeah, and if and if you want to be <laughs> a part of the show, if you want to um, either suggest any new episodes uh, or just leave a comment you can reach us in various ways and i don't have the script in front of me so kalina will tell you where you can contact us yes yes you yeah we'd love to hear from from listeners about yeah fascinating history stories you have or crime stories or your thoughts on the show or questions or anything and you can uh you can reach out to us by calling us at a number which is 929-526-3029 or if calling on the phone sounds scary, which for a lot of our generation yeah. it is, um, you can email us at podcast at all that's interesting dot com. Yeah. And uh, 
be sure to check out the website as well, allthatsinteresting.com, for more in-depth coverage of some of these stories, uh, as well as signing up for our newsletter, which you can find mm-hmm. at allthatsinteresting.com slash sign up. He said confidently. Correct. Yes. <laughs> or becoming a member. Yes, very confidently. That was good, though. It was good memory. Um, you can also become a member at allthatsinteresting.com slash membership. So easy URLs to to retain, yeah. I hope. And there's always, um, yeah, there's links yeah. to everything on the site as well, so... Keep that one in the favorites yes. tab. Yeah, well, um, I guess we'll talk to everyone next time during an episode about uh, <laughs> something. Probably History Happy Hour. <laughs> an episode about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have, yeah, we have our, something our cool, monthly History as always. Happy Hour is the next thing coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's Lots of good history probably. in June, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. <laughs>